0: verse number 13 and 14 pancetani mahabaho pancetani mahabaho karanani bodhame sankhe kritante proptani Siddhaye sarva karmanam, Adishthanam tatha karta, vidham, Vividhascha prathak prathak chestaha, Daivamcha Bhagwan says there are these three types of tyaga, sattvic, rajasic and tamasic. Tamasic is when we give up our duties out of delusion, duties of dana, tapa. Rajasic when again we give up our duties, but the reasons are different because it is painful or full of trouble, so better to run away from duties. But uh, sattvic tyaga is to perform, fulfill all our responsibilities, do our duties well, but without attachment to the action as well as the results of action. When one attains this attitude, then slowly and steadily the mind becomes pure. And in that pure, calm, peaceful mind, one gains the knowledge or recognition of our own self as we are. Just as when the mirror becomes very clean, then we can see our face very clearly. When the enough light and everything is there, we look into the mirror and we see our face very clearly. In the same way, when the mind, which is like a mirror, becomes absolutely still and pure, then we are able to recognize, see our real face, our inner self. And such a person is called an enlightened person, becomes free from the concept of good and bad also. So, dveshti akushalam karma, such a person doesn't hate bad karmas, nor does he get attached to good karmas, because he becomes free of the sense of doership. So the world goes on. There is no sense of doership in a realized master. But for others who are attached to the body and have a sense of doership, for them it is not possible to give up all actions. So, in order to become free from this action, we have to perform them without attachment to the action as well as the result of action. Bhagwan analyzes how action happens, and through this analysis, it will be possible for us to become free from the sense of doership. When action happens, exactly what are the factors involved, which which go to make the action possible? Here, when we use the word karma, is a very technical term. It is not just kriya. It is not the what we see in the world. The moment of the fan and all. That is just uh, outer Kriya. But action involves an actor also. A person who is the doer. So doership is also involved in an action. So it's a technical uh, term. And Bhagwan says there are five important factors which makes action possible for a human being. So the first factor is our body body is the adisthan the place the center from which all the action is happening so adisthan tatha karta and some and the consciousness identifying with this body identifying with the various equipments like the mind the intellect the senses so there is an identification with this and it therefore because of this identification uh, they they function. So there is this sense of doership, which we also know as ego, karta bhavana, that I am the doer. So that karta is also an important factor. Then karanam. Karanam are all the instruments with which action is possible. So those are the five organs of action, five organs of perception, The mind, the intellect, these twelve items are the karanam, the instruments which, with which action happens. But these instruments are there, they are helpless without the life force functioning through them. So that life force, what we call the pranas, which activates these instruments, is also another important factor. For action to happen. And the fifth factor is called daiva. So daiva is an X factor. In the sense factor which is external to this body. Uh, the, which is there in this totality. Which makes an action possible. Even walking is not possible without the help of the earth. The earth keeps us uh, what you call glued to itself. Therefore we can walk. So there are these external factors. The light which we get from the sun is required for us to see. We might have good eyes, but if there are no, there is no light, we cannot see. So those external factors which are, which are many, which uh, are very, uh, which includes the totality, is uh, indicated here by the term daiva. Hmm. So daivamcha, so x factor. So we cannot uh, claim uh, the ownership of all this action, that Daiva is also involved. And how much percentage of all these factors are there, it differs. Hmm. So all five play an important role for action to happen. So Adishthanam Tathakarta, Karanam Cha And this is a very scientific analysis of the whole thing. Whenever Bhagavan is speaking here, he speaks from a very scientific or very rational standpoint. So this, uh, in our we consider the spirituality as science only. It's called Shastra. Shastra is science. Idam guhyatamam Shastram, in the 15th chapter also we saw. That is, Bhagavad Gita is called the secret science, the top secret science. So it's also science. Science means it's very logical, rational, and it can be uh, what is said can be repeated in the sense it is not one individual's experience in the one can following the same path. We can we can also have the same experience. Just like in science, if it is said that you do this experiment, you will get this result, whether it is done here in one laboratory or other laboratory, the result will be same. Then it is a proper uh, law, proper scientific experiment. In the same way, the path which is shown here, Bhagavan says you follow it and you will reach this point of enlightenment, which is same for all. So, but one has to follow the path. We cannot say that, no, no, first bring uh, Atma in a test tube and then only I will be convinced after putting litmus paper into it. So that is not possible. So having said, these five uh, causes for action to happen, Bhagwan now continues in the 15th verse he says, Shri Ravangmano Bheryata, -bheryata, Karma Prarabhate Naraha, nyayam vāviparitam vā pancay te tasyahetavah shariravāngmano bhiryat karma praravate narah nyayam vāviparitam Huh. Whatever karma, whatever actions are performed by this human being, Naraha. nara is this human. Bhagwan talks about all of us. So whatever actions are performed by this human being, whether those actions are physical, whether those actions are verbal, or those actions are at the level of mind sharira Vang mano bihi With the body, with the speech, or with the mind, whatever actions are performed, whether they are nyayam, whether they are good action, dharmic action, va va or they are opposite to dharma, adharma, paradharma, adharma. Such actions also Bhagavan says, for them also, these are the five causes. pancha ete tasya, heta which were mentioned before. These five are responsible for all actions to happen. Whether those actions are physical, at the level of speech, or at the level of mind. See, for a human being, these are the three levels at which one acts. Predominantly, that way, all the faculties, everything is involved in all actions. But there are certain actions which we can notice only at the outer, external, physical level. For example, all of you are sitting here, only physical level, whatever you do, is noticed from here. The scratching you do, the mobile you check, and whatever you do, one can see from here. So your actions, what I can see, are the physical actions which are performed but those actions which I can hear are the verbal actions which you can perform and that is a very important, powerful, uh, uh, what you call a tool or the ability which a human being has got, this verbal action. I don't know how much it is developed in other beings but uh, in human beings it is very well developed. We have, I don't know how many languages are there in our whole world. In India itself there are so many languages and every few uh, kilometers you find the language changes also. We have developed this art of communicating through our speech and there are there are words for every little thing of this world, depending on how subtle we are, how subtle we are as humanity or how subtle we are as a community, we have created words to convey certain things. And which we are losing when we, when we forget our, our regional language. With those uh, language goes all our learning, all our samskara, all the teaching of our ancestors. Which is conveyed through words. See, for example, in Sanskrit, to convey, to tell, to say, or the what you call the name for Surya. So many names are there: Ravi and Anshuman and Bhaskara and Dinakara. So many are there. But in English, there is only one Sun. Okay? so you may say no no it is simple so you don't have to remember all these 12 names or so many names but all these names convey different uh, aspect of that wonderful uh, object or wonderful phenomena which we call sun so dinakar means one who creates a day one who creates day huh? so in uh, in in all languages, we have many words to convey. The words convey, words have the ability to convey my, my emotions, have the ability to convey my thoughts, my ideas. Yeah. <coughs> words can actually change, transform our life. In fact, all these uh, scriptures are words only, and the Mahatmas use these words. And they can transform our life. Today only I was giving a talk in one management school, school of inspired leadership, where I mentioned that these words can also act like you can instigate a person to do something low, or motivate a person to move forward, or you can inspire a person to rise, evolve, attain the highest through words. Therefore, the, it is said uh, that uh, our uh, Lord Vishnu, he sits on Garuda and he moves. Garuda represents words. Bhagwan comes in our heart sitting on words. The teacher when he uses words, on those words, Bhagwan sits and enters our ears and our heart. It has such power. Therefore, uh, goddess. Uh, what you call, goddess of wisdom is also called Vani, Saraswati. Fair, what you call, wearing that white dress. And she is not holding any weapon. Only the Vena and the, uh, what you call, Japamala and uh, Veda. So words play a very important role in our life. We are fed actually right from our childhood. We are fed with words. Our mother, our father, our relatives, friends, sister, brother, everyone feeds us with words. Good, bad, indifferent words. If you just recollect your past, your childhood and all, you will remember a lot of words coming, entering you. And those words follow us. Those words are our samskar. They are there within us, and they guide us at every step. If they are good words, then they will be helpful, they guide us to evolve. But if there are some negative words inside, then they can really cause a lot of trouble to us. So words play a very important role, our action at the level of speech. And we have the ability to write down our words. That is a great ability. I speak and I can write it down and others can then read it and get that same words to them without me being there. And that is how we have this great wisdom of the past. Those past people have come and gone. We don't even know how they looked. Even the Rishi Munis, we keep making them with big beard and all. But really speaking, we don't know. We imagine they might not have that razor with them, so they must be having long beard. And there are some people who seem to have known them. They look at one picture and they are, "Ye lakte hai." "Aapko kaise pata he lakte hai." Have you seen him? Nobody knows how he looked, but his words are now there with us. The Mahabharata, the Puranas. The Brahma Sutra. Even Bhagwan Krishna, we didn't know, don't know how he used to look. No doubt, the description is there, but his words are there. When we touch these words, we are touching Bhagwan Krishna. When we are listening to these words, we are listening to the words uttered by Bhagwan Sri Krishna. So it's the most powerful, uh, what you call instrument which we have of performing action. Physical actions are very limited, very gross. They they just they don't have the action which are performed, the result which we gain at the level of the physical body itself is not so lasting. No doubt lot of things people have done with their body which are lasting but not so lasting. But the what what we do the work which we do with our speech is very lasting. Therefore, the job of a teacher is very important, very auspicious, and it's very lasting. Because the words enter the student, and it can, it remains not only in the student, but it goes passes on to others. So, how far it can go, you can never tell. Whatever we have known and whatever we understand, this has come from a very ancient past. We may not be able. To, we will. We many times we don't acknowledge it, but everything I know, you know, their great Rishi Muni's, great people, and our ancestors, their contribution is there. If it was not there, we would have wouldn't have been where we are. So human beings perform action at the level of speech, which also is very powerful and creates its own effect in the world. And the speech also happens at different levels. So very gross speech which you can hear, but also murmur. And also in my mind I can talk, which also can be conveyed. Like a person sitting at one place, he just repeats in his mind he a prayer which is also speaking only, he speaks in his mind a prayer that can have a wonderful effect in the whole world. Many people feel helpless, oh, I am physically not capable of doing anything good in this world. But you can speak. Yes, you can speak. Then you can do wonderful things through your speech. Let not go and give bhashan. But even in your remaining at home, if we use good words loudly, Sarve bhavantu sukhinaha. May all be happy. That will have its own effect. Because therefore the words are also called akshara. It doesn't die. It doesn't get destroyed. It remains. Akashvani. It remains. So when we utter good words, those are also good karmas which we do. When we chant some, like a person sitting at home, chanting, the Bhagavad Gita or chanting Guru Granth Sahib or whatever, Ramayana, and Bhagavad, those words which are uttered, they go into this atmosphere and it blesses the entire mankind. It's very helpful. So, therefore Bhagavan says, the the action which a human being perform at the level of speech is also important. But one may perform good action as well as bad action. Nyayam va va. One may use words to create harmony in the world, to create solace in the world, but one may use it in a harsh way also. First it will hurt us, and then it will hurt the other person. So we can use in a negative way also. We can, use, we can give weapon in the hands of Saraswati which should not be given. We should give Veena in her hand. You should give Japamala in our hand. We should give the Vedas in our hand. Should not give weapon in our Durga ke mein de sakti But Saraswati ke hat mein you should not give weapon. So words should not be used to destroy or to create disharmony or disturbance in the world. So satyam, hitam, priyam, anudvega karam, vakyam, all this one should utter. So, sharira, vang, then mano vihi, we also perform action at the level of our mind. That is the subtlest and the most powerful action. Even more powerful than speech. A Mahatma sitting quietly, not uttering anything, but in his mind, if he brings that feeling in his mind, that may all be happy, may all be peaceful, it will have a more powerful effect. Then all the speeches of this world, it's very powerful. Just his thinking itself will be very powerful. It doesn't have to do anything. Just the thought when it comes, is satya sankalpa it is called. Their sankalpa also is true. If just the thought comes, then that thought manifests, it becomes true. Satya sankalpa. So we perform, knowingly, unknowingly, we perform lot of action at the level of our mind, which one should be very careful. Because whatever action we perform, whether it, generally we understand the physical action only. In the mind also when we say something or we think something negative, it is like performing a negative action. Sometimes we see in this world certain things happen to people individually, and also things happening as a community. Lot of people together suffer. So people ask, what what happened? Did they perform action together to suffer together? We say yes, many actions we perform together. You may say, but I never was there with. But you, like for example nowadays we listen to the news. Hmm. Or we check on the internet and all. What is happening far away in other part of this world, something good happens, let us say. And you acknowledge that good. You, in your mind, say that, Oh, very nice. May God bless this person. He did such a wonderful thing. When you acknowledge, then you also participate. You become a shareholder in that person's goodness. And you also get the result accordingly. How much share you have in that. It is very subtle and important point. In the same way, if something bad happens and we acknowledge or we justify or in our mind also keep on judging and comparing and condemning or, or uh, approving and all, then we become, uh, uh, we also participate in that action. And we get the share. We get the share for it. It's very important and very, uh, very what you call, uh, dangerous also. In the sense, we should not participate in any negative activities of this world. Just sitting there, for example, something bad happened. Sitting at Acha ho gaya, ese hona chayyeh. You also become part of that factor which gave punishment, or that factor which caused that uh, sorrow or pain. So you will also get the result. Acha ho gaya. will cause us also some trouble. Hmm. So th- it's, a subtle, it's like a uh, like a one uh, uh, elderly lady was on phone in the good old days, huh? not now. When the when the what I call nowadays, did understand when that uh, wireless phone was there. And she was talking away to someone in America. So the son got little, this. he says, why you are, a uh, lot of bill will come. She says, no, <laughs> there are no wires, so nobody will know that I am talking so much. There might not be any wires, but every minute, every second you speak is noted down somewhere. And you will get the result. Similarly, we might say, I am toh either bechke bol raya, kya achcha ho gaya. Kisi ko pata Somebody is noting down, kitne ho gaya bol <laughs> So, it's very interesting that uh, we perform lot of action with our mind. Therefore, it is, uh, the, our sadhana should come at the level of our mind then only we can say our sadhana is good. Only physically full arpan karo, ye karo, Speech is bad, mind is bad. That is not a good sadhana. That will not help us much. That will not be very beneficial. More powerful than our body is our speech, and much more powerful than our speech is our mind. If a person can do positive, good sadhana at the level of mind, then it is nothing like that. Then, of course, the speech will also follow, and the body will also follow, because the mind is the boss. Mind is the main thing. So, in the mind, if we can have, therefore, all our sadhanas are, many of them are at the level of mind. Even when we do puja, outwardly we do, but then there is something called manasik puja. Even our prayer, in the mind we have to bring the bhavana that may all be happy, may all be peaceful. So those are the sadhana which we do at the level of mind. What we do at the level of speech and level of the body, uh, you can see the effect outwardly. And it is not very lasting, but at the speech it is more lasting and the mind it is most lasting. Mind lives a samskar. Which even after our death, when the body is dropped, the samskar goes with that mind. If something, I've, uh, if some disease or some trouble is there with this body, in one particular lifetime, once that body is dropped, that trouble also might go with the body. But if something, disease is there in the mind, it carries forward in the next life also. Because the mind doesn't die with the death of the body. Speech also doesn't die with the death, speech and all goes inside the mind. So it is very important that we purify the mind, not purify the body only. Ganga when we take snan with proper attitude, then it purifies our mind. Without proper attitude, it doesn't purify the body also, because a lot of pollution sometimes is there. So. One should, uh, therefore in the scripture it is said that manaeva manushyanam karanam bandha moksha Mind alone is the cause of both bondage as well as freedom for all human being. If our mind can be made free, then I am free. If the mind is happy, I am happy. If the mind is peaceful, I am peaceful. Mind is pure, I am pure. Mind is dirty, I am dirty. Doesn't depend on the body so much. Doesn't depend on the speech also. Sometimes the mind may be dirty, but speech might come very sweet and all. Hmm? So nice you came to, what you call those, our guest and all. But in the mind, women (laughs) say, so sometimes it might not be integrated. Our body, our speech and our mind may not be integrated. In fact, there is one very beautiful mantra which says that we should integrate the speech and the mind. Vang manasi pratishtita, mano me vachi May my speech be established in my mind. May my mind be established in the speech. Means, may they be integrated. What I speak, may I feel, may I think about it. And what I think, may I speak. So it should be properly tuned. Also my action. So, shariravang vihi yat karma. So, whatever karma, whatever action is performed at these three levels by a human being, naraha. Nara includes nari also. huh? So, naraha, not vanara. Vanaras are not included in this. Only nara and nari. So, human being. So, karma prarhavate naraha. Because uh, in animals and all, some of the factors are missing. That bhavana or something might be missing. I don't remember. Means I don't remember my past janmas. So, karma prarhavate naraha. Nyayam va vipareetam va. Whether they are dharmic or adharmic. Good or bad. Pancha ete tasya These five are the cause for these actions to happen. Pancha, uh, what you call only these five. There is not, there is no sixth one involved. So these five, if one should contemplate and think and understand them, and you will, then we will be able to really appreciate the next verse which is the which is very important that why this is being revealed here because we have to understand this 16th verse very important bhagwan says tatrevam satikartaram kartaram tatrevam atmanam kevalam tuyaha. Pashyatyakrata-buddhitvāt pashyatyakrata तत्रेवम् nasapashyati satikartaram Ātmānam Atma, the self, is one without a second and different from all these five. We have seen in the second chapter also, elaborate indication of that self, self means I, that I am different from all these five. I am different from the body. I am different from the mind, the intellect, the sense organs, and I am different from that doer, the ego. I am different from the various activities possible because of that life factor. And I am different from this deva. So that I, the pure I consciousness is different from all this. In its presence, in the presence of the self, all actions happen, but self is not the performer of action. Atma is not the performer of action. I, the real self, am not the doer of any action. See, when uh, in the sky, nights, when we look at the moon and also we see a lot of uh, uh, clouds, And sometimes we see the clouds moving because of the breeze, wind and all. The clouds are moving and when we look, it appears as though the moon is moving. Have you seen, noticed? It appears as though the moon is moving. But we know that the moon is not moving, okay, relative to the clouds. Otherwise, moon also moves. But when the clouds are moving with such speed, it appears as though the moon is moving with equal speed, but uh, it is uh, the, the moment of the clouds which a person ignorantly superimposes on the moment of the moon. And they say that moon is moving or they feel that moon is moving. Sometimes it happens, we are, we are in a train and we have come there to say bye-bye to our relative who has after a long time decided to go. So we go there just to check that that fellow doesn't come back. So we are in the in that compartment we carry his bag and all everything. We double check the tickets and everything. And we are sitting there. Then we see a train moving ahead of on the what do you call on the track next to us. So ha patani kaha jari train. But then suddenly we realise that train is stationary and we are moving. Because we suddenly find that station also moving, and the trees are also moving, and the buildings are also moving. Then we come to know that we are moving. So because of not knowing, cannot, uh, what you call, discriminate or understand or have a proper standpoint, we don't know what where the moment lies and where it is totally stationary. In case of actions also, The self is stationary, it doesn't work, there is no moment in the self. It is like space. There is no moment in existence. Existence, if it moves, it will become non-existence. There is no moment in consciousness. If it moves, it will become unconscious, non-conscious, inert. So there is no moment in I, pure I consciousness. But it appears to be moving. When the body moves, I have the notion that I am moving. When the mind moves, I feel I am moving. When the speech is there, I feel I am speaking, I am talking, I am walking. So that I consciousness identifies as though with the movement and the activity of this five and think that it is the doer. I am the doer. So we, the sense of doership which we have belongs to this outer thing only, the elements, the gunas. See, all these five, what we talked about, are all made up of the three gunas. The Sattva gun, the Rajagun, and the Tamogun. The five. Hmm. Therefore, in the previous chapter, we have seen, guna, guneshu the three gunas, function in the three gunas. The whole world is made up of matter and the matter itself interacts with itself. That's called the action happening according to the laws of nature. The All the actions happen by itself according to the laws of nature. The atma, the pure self is not the doer. All the doing happens in Prakriti, in the Gunas. But because of not recognizing this fact, a person superimposes the idea of doership on the self and thinks, I am the doer. And such a person is called an ignorant person. And such an ignorant person remains bound to this samsara. And that is what Bhagavan says, Tatra evam sati. Kartaram atmanam kevalam tu yaha pasyati, akrata buddhitvat nasa pasyati durmatihi. Evam sati means having explained that these five are the factors which are responsible for all actions, having understood or having seen this or having not seen this, if a person thinks that I the self which is kevalam, which is pure, which is one without a second. If a person out of ignorance feels that I am the doer, Bhagwan says he is Durmati, he, he is ignorant, doesn't have understanding, doesn't have the wisdom, doesn't have the spiritual enlightenment. Because his Buddhi he has not gone through the process which leads to this state of enlightenment. He has not gone to the teacher, he has not learned the scriptures, he has not contemplated, he has not gained those qualities required and finally has not recognized that I am not the doer. So, Pashyati Akruta Buddhitva, such a person is akruta Buddhi. Buddhi is not developed to ultimately lead that person to the recognition of the self and nasapashyati such a person doesn't see the truth as it is hmm? doesn't see the truth as it see it sometimes happens actually with our day to day life misunderstanding and superimposing the uh, the qualities of one on the other it happens you are watching a, some program on television, and you see something on the nose of the heroine. Black spot. Then again that hero comes in, on his nose also you see there is a black spot. Then you start wondering, kya baat hai? Are they twins or something? Aapke bhi naak te hai, haan? But then you see that other fellow also comes, and he also has got black spot on his head, forehead. Because he is little shorty. Then suddenly you realize it is not on them, but on the screen it is there. So you get up from your sofa and walk there and clean the screen. Once the screen is cleaned, then all this black spot disappears. So the black spot which was there on the screen was superimposed on those who were there inside, spotless. It happens. Similarly, the five are the factors which perform action. And Atma, I, am the witness, consciousness, not the doer. See, for example, when you are asleep, you are present, but no action happens. You are merely a witness. Witness of the deep sleep state. You are also the witness of the dream. In the same way, we are the witness of this waking state also. But now, deep identification has taken place and I feel that I am the doer. So our spiritual sadhana will lead us to a state where we become free of this identification. That is called moksha. That is called gaining that state of enlightenment. The world will appear to be same. But I become free of the world. It's like uh, sometimes we go with children and all to those uh, rides. Hmm? In our childhood, we might not have taken those funny rides. Simple rides we must have had. The person himself turning it, you must have ne? giant wheel, not so giant also. Charpanch uh, wo hotit and that fellow is to himself move it. Sometimes we used to get tired and we are all on the top floor, waiting. What's i tea. i So,
1: those
0: were simple rides. But nowadays, with all those roller coasters and this and that, and a person goes on this ride, it's like a ride of one's life then. Hmm? You feel all giddy and this and that and all sorts of things. But when you give that ride and you are standing on that firm ground, for sometimes you might have that feeling that you are still on the ride, but slowly you come to know that you are different and this ride is different. The ride is going on there and you are totally different from it. In the same way, we assume that we are sitting on that roller coaster of this life, roller coaster of our body, roller coaster of our life, but we are really not sitting there, but we are assuming we are sitting. So through our sadhana, we come out of it. In, in the beginning, we might have the notion that we are still sitting, but a stage will come when we will know that I am sitting here and all actions are happening in front of me. I am merely a witness of everything that happens. And that we have seen in the previous chapters also. In the fifth chapter, Bhagavan says, what does he say? Pashan, Jigran, Asnan, Pralapan, Vishrajan, Grindhan, Unmishan, Nimishan, All these various types of action happen of seeing, hearing, tasting, touching, walking, talking, uh, giving up, holding on. But I am not doing anything. The wise person knows. Naiva kinchit I am not doing. I am not the doer. See, what is the main sign of a realized person is that firm understanding, firm realization that I am not the doer. I am not the It is a very powerful thing. We might not be able to appreciate it fully. But that is the fact. That I am not the doer. That action happens, thinking happens, decisions are taken, sense of doership might be there in, within those body and mind and all. But I, the pure self, is not the doer. Therefore, in Gita, Bhagavan says that, Tasya kartaram api imam, vidhi a kartaram of Though outwardly, you, it may appear that I am the creator of this world. Bhagavan says, really speaking, I am neither the creator, Nor I am mutable. I am that pure consciousness. It might be a stunning thing actually. It's the most, actually Vedanta, what it reveals is most stunning, most wonderful. And it talks about ourself, not about someone else. You want to appreciate it, it requires some punya only actually. So Tatra Evam Sati, having this is the situation that five are the cause of action. But still, a person considers the Atma as the doer. Kartaram Atmanam Kevalam Tu Yaha pasyati. A person feels or thinks that Atma, the pure self, is the doer, which is avikari. Avikari means it doesn't modify, doesn't undergo any change. For action to happen, change is also required. Change itself is a sign of action. So, if we say the Atma is involved in action, that means Atma changes. And that which changes is not real. So, we will have to say Atma is unreal. See, even in a simple experience, we can understand that I, the witness, is changeless. Because only from a changeless standpoint can you experience change. Like, for example, if the train is moving... Only I can see it moving if I am stationary. If the observer is stationary, that observer can observe change. I can observe the minutest change even happening in my mind. That means I am more stationary than the mind. I can see the thoughts coming and going. That means I am present there to see the thoughts. See, when you are sitting in your balcony, looking out, of your that and looking at the traffic, and you see one car in front of your that window balcony. Then after some time you see another car. Then you see a truck. You see a bus. You see a cycle person. Hmm? They come, they go. Then another fellow comes and go. When that finally that uh, some truck or something comes, you do not see that vehicle which has gone ahead. Only the vehicle which is front in front of you, you see. And somebody asks you, what have you seen? You can name all those vehicles which have gone. That means you are at one point stationary and all these things are moving in front of me. Similarly, thoughts come in front of you as vehicles. They come, go, come, go. But I, the witness, am constant. That witness doesn't change. Even when thoughts are not there, witness is there. Thoughts are there, witness is there. Even good thoughts, bad thoughts, witness is there. That witness consciousness is called Atma. Atma means I. Atma, that word, doesn't mean ghost. Atma means I. I am that pure consciousness who is the witness of all actions happening. And through this path shown, I have to reach that state of meditation in which I will be able to recognize myself as I am, not as I imagine myself to be, but as I am. So one who doesn't recognize this and consider the Atma as the doer, Bhagwan says such a person is akrita buddhitva. His buddhi is not well developed, has not gone through the process of. Uh, Recognizing he has not gone through the sadhana which is required to gain that state of enlightenment. And such a person is durmati. He, Na paschati he. doesn't see things as they really are. He is durmati. But what about one who sees and recognizes the self? That, that state of enlightenment, recognition of the self... Is now revealed in the next verse, which is more important than the previous, huh? So this is the most important. Yasya bhavah Buddhir bhavaha. Bodherya sya na lipyate. Hatva pisay lokan nahanti na nibadhyate yashya na ahankrito this is a state of a realized master na is one who doesn't have the notion of ahankar. Ahankar means that I am the do Aham karta kiti bhavana. It's called ahankar. Ahankar is a technical word. Ahankar doesn't mean pride, which generally in the world people use that word ahankar for pride. Kafi ahankar hai unko. Jo bolte hai unko bhi hai. Because ahankar is a sense of doership. It is not translated as pride or vanity. It's a technical term. So, aham karta iti bhavana. The notion that I am the doer. Which is there, which remains all the time. I am. See, whatever action is performed of seeing, hearing, tasting, touching or feeling... Behind all action there is a sense of I, that it belongs to me, that for example seeing is happening, then there is also simultaneously a thought that I am seeing. So that thought which identifies with these actions which are happening around is called ahankar. Hearing is uh, happening and then another thought comes that I am hearing. I am seeing, I am thinking, I am feeling, I am good, I am bad, I am big, I am small, I am man, I am woman. So that I am, whatever we add, that I am is that ahankar. I am the doer, I am the feeler, I am the thinker. It's called that ahankar. And this is part of the elements, this is part of nature. This ahankar is part of the matter. It's part of Prakriti. It's part of the three gunas. It's not Atma. Atma is not Ahankar. It's not made up of... It is made up of matter. This Ahankar is also thoughts made up of matter. So, a person who realizes by following the path shown in the scriptures, finally we transcend all these notions. We transcend go away from all this false notion and come to recognize myself as I am, such a self-realized master will become, first of all, he will become free of this ahanka. He will not have the notion that I am the doer. Doing is taking place. Actions are happening. But the notion that I am the doer will get dropped. This is, this is freedom. This is the real freedom. This is called Moksha. To become free of the notion of Ahankar, which is false notion. It's like a person is dreaming, and a tiger is chasing that fellow and is running like anything. Then, you suddenly wake up. Once you wake up, you become, instantly you become free of the dream, free of the tiger, free of the running, free of everything. Because the one who was running and the one who is awake, something is same, but something is different. When you tell someone, you say, oh, I was running like anything in my dream. I have decided not to participate in marathon. But I only need a tiger to chase me. So I know that I was same, but I am being chased by a tiger. That notion was false. And I am sitting here in my room is true. Similarly, I am an individual, a human being, a Brahman, Kshatriya, a young, old. That notion is false. But I am that pure consciousness. I am Brahma. This understanding is true. So that is called enlightenment. From being uh, I am a limited being, I come to recognize that I am that infinite, Aham Brahmasmi, Nehaanastikincha, in which there is no division. I am that supreme brahma. Chidananda roopa Shivoham Shivoham, Manovidyankara, Chittaanayaham, netre. Nachavyoma bhumi natu na vajuhu chidanandarupa sivoham that I am not the mind, the intellect, the ahankar. Manobuddhi ahankara chittanina, ahankar chitta, I am not. I am not the five organs of action and perception. I am not the five elements. Then who are who am I? Chidananda rupa sivoham shiva. I am that pure consciousness. Pure bliss, pure auspiciousness, Shiva, Swaroop, Aham. This is not something to be sung. This is something to be directly recognized and realized. It's called mystical experience of the self. It's called Aparoksha Anubhuti. It's not ordinary experience. Though the term experience is used for it, but it is not really a proper term. The self-realization is not an experience as we have other experiences of this world. It is not another notion that I am Brahman. It is actual recognition of the fact that I am that Brahma. It's called Aparoksha Anubhuti. In all other experiences, the division remains. I, the experiencer, remains different from what I have experienced. But in case of this final experience, the I, the experiencer, what I am experiencing, and the experience itself is all one only. There are no divisions. Therefore it is called Aparoksha Anubhuti. Immediate, without any media, that experience. So, na ahankritaha bhavaha, one who doesn't have the notion that I am the doer. Buddhir yasyana lipyate and whose Buddhi also of a realized master, what we call the Buddhi, also doesn't entertain any negative thoughts. Buddhi also stop entertaining the thoughts that I am a limited being, I have performed this punya or I have performed this papa, then I will get the result and I will I am born, I will die, all these type of notions also fall from the buddhi. It's like uh, in our computer also, if the main some virus is removed, then all that is associated with that virus also goes away. Similarly, ahankar is the main virus, if that is removed, then all the negativities associated with that also gets dropped. So, buddhir yasya na lipyate, so there is no sense of doership and there is no disturbance happening in that particular equipment, mind and equipment. Person becomes free. That realized master is aware of the body, the realized master is aware of the world, but there is no identification with the world. See, awareness is different and identification is different. Identification is when we consider something what we are looking or being aware of as I. In Sanskrit the term used is tadatmya. Tadatmya means tadatma iti manyate. Considering that as I. It's called identification. For example, when we look at our body, we are not only witness of the body, but we also identify with the body. By considering the body as I. If suppose somebody asks you, what are you doing? You say, I am sitting. Now, really speaking, the body is sitting. Atma is not sitting. Neither it is standing. So, identification with a particular object and considering it as Atma is called that identification. And that gets dropped in a realized master. It is not something which we have to practice. It is the byproduct of realization. Not that you have to, from tomorrow you should say, who is sitting? I don't know who is sitting. <laughs> so it is not something to be practiced or foolishly entertained in the world. But it is the byproduct of realization. Hmm. So, buddhir yashyana lipyate, the buddhi is not... Uh, Contaminated by anything negative, becomes free of the sense of doership. And now Bhagavan gives an example here, uh, which is very powerful, which has to be understood in the right sense. He says, such a realized master, his body or his mind and intellect, if they are all still there, but he has gone beyond, he is just a witness. If that mind, body, intellect is involved even in killing the whole world, if he gets involved in some war and starts destroying everyone, he says, he is neither killing anyone nor does he get bound. Because there is no sense of doership. It's a very powerful example Bhagavan is using because Arjuna Kshatriya, he said, if you gain that state of realization, and after that state of realization, even if you are involved, if that body is involved in, because it, all this body, mind, function according to the rules of the world, laws of nature. If according to the laws of nature, if this particular body called Arjuna has to fight this war, it will fight the war. But you as that self are neither fighting nor will get bound. Na hanti, na nibadhyate, he said, even if you get involved in uh, killing the whole world, you are neither killing anyone nor are you getting bound. This has to be understood properly. It is not something which we have to, in a state of ignorance, we practice. What you call, and say, no, I am neither beating you nor getting bound. That fellow also will beat you up there. Hmm? So it is not something which should be foolishly understood or practiced. It is the expression. It is the outer, outer expression of realization. It's like a thermometer you use to check your temperature. And temperature jada hai. thermometer ko hai. Thermometer ko se na karne se kuch nahi hone wala It just gives you the reading. It is not the cause of your reading. By changing the uh, that uh, thermometer, it will not bring down or take up your temperature. Similarly, these are the external factors. Imitating them will not give us the state of enlightenment. Imitating a realized master is not the sadhana. Many times we say, oh, he is sitting like that, I will also sit like that he has got long hair uh, not ears long hairs <laughs> ears also some atmas they have long ears or long hair i will also grow long hairs. he is wearing a particular type of dress and i also generally we like to imitate actually we like to imitate our teacher we like to imitate those whom we revere but just imitating someone will not make you like that i may look exactly like buddha or exactly like Mahavir, or exactly like some great Mahatma that will not make me like that. Some person actually, I read in the newspaper somewhere, that he was so fond of one, uh, I think some music musician or someone, he went into plastic surgery to look exactly like that person. So such crazy things will not help in spirituality. though. Generally, people do crazy things in spirituality. <laughs> More crazy things are done in spirituality than anywhere else, actually. Hmm. So, <inaudible> Bhagavan says, even if you, if one, this realized master, the body, huh? not the master, the body is involved in killing the whole world, that master is neither killing anyone, nor is getting bound, because he is free from the sense of doership. It is from the people's standpoint, one may say is doing something, but from his own standpoint, he is not doing anything. It's like from our standpoint, we say the sun is rising, but from the sun's standpoint, there is no rising and there is no setting. Just as yesterday I said, sun doesn't know. What is day and what is night? From the standpoint of sun, there is no day, there is no night. There is pure existence, pure presence of the sun. But from our standpoint, there is rising and setting. So from our standpoint, we may say that even if thousands of times the sun rises or sets, it neither rises nor does it set. That is a similar type of statement. Even if a person, realized master, kills and destroys the whole world, he neither destroys nor does he get bound. So So our whole sadhana is to recognize our own self as we are and drop the sense of doership in that state of meditation. So my first step is to take uh, follow the path of Karma Yoga, then that itself progresses through bhakti, love knowledge, right type of knowledge should be gained, then it goes into the state of meditation in which we come to recognize ourselves as we are and become free of the sense of doership. We remain in that pure witness uh, consciousness. Then from that, as that witness consciousness, I might become aware of my body and aware of the world. For the other person, it might appear that I am in the body, but it's not, the Mahatma is not in the body. It's like suppose somebody comes to your home and your shirt is there hanging on the wall, and your friend comes and stands near the wall and starts speaking to the shirt. Sharmadi ke se ho aap. par better way. And he looks at his friend and wonders what is wrong with him. Why is he talking to my shirt? Why is he not talking to me? Similarly, when you go and talk to the body of a Mahatma, he also is wondering why he is talking to this body. He is not seeing me. Once Ashtavakra Maharaj, who had eight bands in his body, he came in Raja Janak's Darbar, Very funny uh, looking person with his bands and all. So, lot of people were sitting in the darbar and they started laughing. And he asked, whom are you laughing? Are you laughing at me or are you laughing at the body? If you are laughing at the body, then I am also laughing with you. But if you are laughing at me, you are not seeing me. You don't know who am I. So, it's a very powerful thing. So, the state of enlightenment is something which we have to attain in this lifetime itself. Not wait for the next lifetime. After saying this, now Bhagavan takes up another topic, very interesting. Same, he continues, but he gives some more, adds some more beauty to this topic. So let us uh, chant the next verse. Jnanam neyam paritnyata. Trividha karma chodana. Karanam karma karteti. Trividha karma sangraha. Like a scientist of life, Bhagwan is speaking here and analyzing the the karma and presenting us in a very most beautiful way. So that uh, afterwards we will be able to understand the logic behind our, our uh, sadhana and we'll be able to do it properly. He, he knows that Arjuna is not a realized person and he has to follow this path. So though again and again showing us the ultimate goal, Bhagwan again comes back and tells us that you have to do this sadhana. You have to perform your actions with a particular attitude. And in order to make us understand the whole mechanism of action, already he had said the five causes are there, but here, again Bhagavan takes up the same topic and reveals some more wonderful secrets of action. Two things Bhagavan says is karma chodana and karma sangraha. Karma chodana means that which propels an action to happen. The five factors are the cause for action, means five factors are necessary for any action to happen. But why a particular action happens? What makes a particular action happen? Like all of us, all all five factors are there, but each one of us acts differently everyone's uh, perception and action and results and everything is different. So what are the factors which propels a particular type of action? Yeah. It's like all of us are made up of same material, but still we are different externally. So what creates that difference? What propels a particular type of action? So Bhagavan said there are three factors which propels an action. He says, jnanam, that is knowledge. neyam, that is the object which is known. That is called neya, that which is known. And paridnyata, the knower. Now, let us try to understand this properly. Knowledge, and the object which is known, and the knower. These are the triputis they are called. So, this paridnyata or the knower is that ahankar only. That consciousness identified with the, with our buddhi, with our intellect and all, or with the senses, assumes the role of a knower. Like the I see, and there is a notion that I am seeing, I know, I feel, I understand. Hmm. So there is that I who is the knower, and that I, whatever it knows, that is called the object Of knowledge and the knowing, the knowledge which is gained through this interaction is called the knowledge. So, knower, knowledge and known, that is called here the paritnyata is the knower, jnanam is the knowledge and nayam is that object to be known. These are the propellers of action. This propels a particular action. Now how? Let us see. One is nayam. Nayam means this, all that is, that is known is called nayam. So this whole world which can be known, which ultimately is known by the knower is called nayam. The object to be known. Means the Shabda, sparsha, rupa, the sound, taste, touch. Hmm? All the objects which we know through the senses, through the mind, through the intellect, whatever is known as idam, 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 as this, 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 they are called Nayam. So we not only know the world with our senses, but we also know the world with our mind. The emotions and all are known with our mind. Then some laws of the world are known through the intellect. The science and all tries to tell us something of the world which cannot be seen with our eyes. But which can be like our own earth and the gravitational laws and all. They are understood by various experimentations. So the world which is known is called Nayam. That is the very important propeller of action. Then knowledge Whatever I know about the world, the impression which I have gathered about the world is called jnanam. This impression remains for a long time. It means there are some impressions I carry from my past lives also. What we call vasanas are also included in this term jnanam. That which is, that which is known, which also propels a person into action. And another is my own personality, my own understanding of my own being, that I am the doer, I am the knower. So my own personality created by this body, mind, intellect and their identification also becomes the propeller of action. So if any action which is, uh, happens, which happens is propelled by these three factors. Your samskar, your vasanas, which are called jnanam, the knowledge which you have, you are carrying from your past. They propel action. You are sitting like a little child is sitting and then suddenly a snake comes. Uh, No impression of the past of the child, it doesn't matter. Child will play with the snake. But for others, snake, past. Then suddenly it triggers some uh, some uh, point of our past. Then we respond to it in a different way. The child responds to it in a different way. I see people and depending on what type of impression I have gathered about them, I will respond to them differently. Same person, you respond differently at different times. Or different people, you respond in a different ways. Because the knowledge about the world, which is made up of people, place, everything, is different in me. And it propels me into action. So the world propels me into action. The knowledge about the world propels me into action. And I myself propel myself into action. I mean the knower. These are the three important propellers of action. It's a most uh, actually very scientific analysis of the whole thing. And then Bhagwan will go into details about this also. He will say that there are three types of know-words, three types of knowledge and all. Sattvic, Rajasic, Tamasic. And based on that, then everyone has got different types of response to the world. Everyone acts differently because of the difference in the gunas. So it's the most beautiful thing. I think we will take up this shloka again tomorrow, the second line also, and we will continue. Om Purnamada Purnamidam Purnat Purnamadachyate Purnasya Purnamadaya Purnameva uh, Vashashyate Om Shanti 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 Hari Om Shri Gurubhya Namaha Hari Om Hari Om One announcement. Recently, uh, actually we have lot of uh, these books uh, where Pujya Gurudev has written commentaries on... Uh, on the Upanishads, on the Bhagavad Gita and all but we had uh, these commentaries on the lot of uh, our Upanishads we have but one very important Upanishad but we did not have commentary on it written has now been uh, released recently with the commentary by our own Guruji Swami Tejo He has written commentary on Shvetashvatara Upanishad. It's so a very beautiful Upanishad and uh, in the list of Upanishads, actually in one of the Upanishads, 108 names of Upanishads are given and this comes as the 11th Upanishad. It's so a very important and interesting Upanishad and uh, uh, Shankarachareji has also written commentary on this and now Pujya Guruji has given a talk on this somewhere and it is now been recorded and written. So, it's a very beautiful text. So, it is now available and you might like to buy. In this, there is a very beautiful mantra which says that yasya deve para bhaktihi yatha deve tatha guru. That those who have as much devotion to the devata as to this own teacher, for such a person, the truth will be revealed. This is the last mantra. And a lot of interesting slokas are there. You might like to buy. on.